Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Persian Jewish jazz singer, composer, and anthropologist Galid Dardashti. Traversing space and time, she collaborates with the haunting voice of a renowned Iranian grandfather, the late and great famous Yons. Sampling from an intense audio artifact he recorded in Iran, she brings some of the Persian legend's music to life for new audiences on her latest album called Monajad. We cover her life, the future, and so much more. It's a great story. Enjoy. Good morning. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Good. Where are Um, you? Um, Where are you situated? Where are you physically? I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Nice. Yeah. Relocated. Well, today I'm on the Jersey Shore. Okay. Um, because my house is being, um, you have like a major like kitchen dem- demolition situation. Gotcha. <laughs> so we had, we had to, uh, um, we had to flee, but, um, but I live in, um, but I live in New York. I, okay. I live, yeah. Wonderful. Well, my dad was born in Brooklyn and raised in Long Island. So, oh, I wow. some, yeah. Got some ties up there loosely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you, you got a great story. I'm looking forward to delving into it. But before we do and talk about your project, yeah. how did you survive COVID? I know New York was rather extreme for the last three years. How did you get through it? And how has it changed you now that we've kind of reemerged? Oh, my God. Well, you know, <laughs> this project... Um, I have been working on for a long time and I'm not sure that I would have gotten it together. I, I finally had the time because I wasn't traveling, um, to apply for, for grants, uh, to make this project happen and to be able to record it. Um, so that's, uh, that was a really, um, (laughs) that was a great thing about, uh, COVID. That was the, the positive that I was able to kind of actually focus on it because I've wanted to make this project happen for a long time. And the other way I survived is that I put on my other hat, uh, which is my academic hat. And I, uh, worked on my book, um, on, um, on basically Middle Eastern and Arab culture in Israel. And I, I worked a lot on, uh, I worked a lot on that project. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't perform music, but I was able to kind of write about music and I was able to work on this project. So that's kind of really what, what powered me through is that I had these projects that I could work on kind of solitary. So talk to me about this project. I mean, it, it, it includes, you know, your renowned grandfather and, and and there's just so many aspects to this that are so interesting. So in your own words, kind of talk to me a little bit about the nexus, how it gained steam and kind of where we're at with it now. Yeah, so um my grandfather was one of the most famous singers of Persian classical music in Iran in the 1950s and 1960s. And he sang, um, he sang on the radio. He had his own program, weekly program on the radio, which was a big deal because this was before television. And so everyone was listening to the same radio and he, you know, performed at the most prestigious concert halls in Iran. And 
I, I knew him, but I didn't have a real way of connecting with him uh, because we didn't really have a shared language. He uh, didn't really speak very much English. I didn't really speak very much Persian. But one of the few recordings that my family had of my grandfather not singing in Persian was him singing in Hebrew. My grandfather was also a Jew. Um, and, you know, there's no profession of cantor in most of the Middle East and North Africa. If you're able to lead, uh, if you're able to lead your community in prayer, then you're asked as a volunteer to do that. And since my grandfather was this huge star, it would be a major, uh, honor to have him lead different, uh, Tehran synagogues. And, so that's what he did. And this recording was a recording that my grandfather recorded, I think, as a charity event. He recorded himself singing some of these prayers that he was known to do throughout Tehran. And these prayers are really intense and moving. He's singing in his the style that he was famous for singing for, for Persian classical music. But he was singing in Hebrew. He was singing these prayers. And look, I speak Hebrew. I studied Hebrew. So this was, um, these prayers I could more connect with. And my Persian is not great. And so hearing my grandfather sing this music that is in Hebrew, so, so Persian, I was really excited about connecting with it musically as an artist. And that's what I wanted to do in this project. Partly I wanted to share with people that there is this repertoire of Persian Jewish music that is both so deeply Jewish and so deeply Persian and really exemplifies this shared culture that, that existed for so, so long. And so as an artist, I wanted to kind of find ways for me to connect with this music. So I sampled pieces of it. I mean, of course, all of this music is just him singing. There's no backing instrumentation. And so that was kind of my, um, you know, that's what I had to figure out is how I was going to musically connect with the music. And I composed around it um, and wrote original songs and was really able to connect with my grandfather in this way that I never was able to when he was alive. So what do you think he would say about this? If there was one definitive statement that he would make to you about what this would mean to him and overall, what do you think he would say? You know, I hope he would be really excited about it. Look, you know, my grandfather, uh, he, he was a very open person. And he, uh, you know, the, the woman who, the person who really discovered him was a woman. She was, uh, she was the person that made him famous in Iran. She heard him singing somewhere and said, who are you? You're this amazing voice. And, uh, why don't I know about you? And he said, well, it's because I'm Jewish. And she, as a, as the first woman, her name was Vaziri. She said to him, well, it doesn't matter what you are. This is a new time in Iran. And 
because she was like the first famous singer who was a woman, who's a woman, she kind of helped him be the first famous uh, uh, Jewish singer in Iran. And so, you know, I think my grandfather would be really excited to have me singing with him and being really one of the first women to sing Persian Jewish music because uh, Persian religious Jewish music, that is, because this is really a, a domain. The sacred music is really a domain more reserved for um uh, for for men as cantors, and so I think he would be excited. I hope he would be excited because yeah. he was a very open, um, a very open um, person. So uh, I think I I think he'd be excited about singing with me, and um, I don't know uh, I I don't know what he would think musically of because obviously I'm taking this music in a really different direction, but I think he would be very excited about it. So you obviously come from music royalty. So how did this journey begin for you? Was it kind of a foregone conclusion? How did you kind of get into music and how did all of this steamroll to today? Yeah, so uh, it's been such a journey. I mean, I've been performing music since I was a kid, but not Middle Eastern music. I grew up in a very, very kind of Western musical climate and really... Uh, you know, I was performing with my family as a kid, singing all different genres of of music, kind of in the Western uh, sphere. So like different kinds of folk music and different kinds of, of Jewish music um, and art music, but really not anything in the in the Middle Eastern genre. I started performing jazz in in college as well. Um, but but performing, you know, performing Middle Eastern music didn't happen really until I was a graduate student uh, of anthropology. You know, I also have PhD in anthropology and I wanted to understand, I wanted to understand my grandfather and, you know, where he was coming from because it was such, such a different musical background to what I knew and understood. And so I delved deeply into Middle Eastern music only in, in graduate school. And I really wanted to, um, I wanted to one, understand what, what had been happening in Israel politically and musically and how Israelis were delving deeply into Middle Eastern and Arab music of their roots. And that's kind of how I started taking a deep dive. When I, when I went and did my field work as an anthropologist, I studied Persian classical music in Israel. And that's kind of how, um, that's kind of how it happened for me. Um, and that was really the entree in, in, in terms of how I was able to connect with this music. I never thought I'd be able to, uh, have my voice make some of these sounds that are characteristic to, to Persian classical music. And it was a very, very exciting, uh, journey for me that I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure I was exactly expecting yeah. to, uh, uh, but it was, it's been so, it's been so exciting to sort of to, to, to delve into this music. So who were early jazz influences who really, you know, kind of swayed the way that you approached the craft or fell in love with, with jazz? You know, um, 
I can't say that I'm a, that I ever, um, I think what, I think was it, what was exciting to me about jazz, uh, when I was in college, I was really just learning to sing the standards. And, you know, I was certainly excited about people like Ella Fitzgerald and just, uh, I was just really excited about the improvisational elements of, of jazz, which I really, benefited from when I moved into Middle Eastern music. Um, and there's, there was just so much crossover in terms of the way, I mean, I work with a lot of jazz musicians and the way in which Middle Eastern musicians approach, uh, approach their craft and, um, jazz musicians. I work with a lot of people who, who perform both styles because there is, of course, in Middle Eastern music, jazz, you know, there's, there's the, the repertoire that you have to know. So you have to know kind of, uh, you have to know the basics. And then from there, you can improvise. And so I think that's, I, I think that's really what I took from jazz, uh, into, into the Middle Eastern music realm that was super exciting for me, that you have these modes in Middle Eastern music. Um, where, you know, you're supposed to go from this one to this one. And then, um, but there's really, there's, there's a lot of openness in, in terms of what you can do. And, uh, um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's what I was most influenced by in terms of jazz that I took with me into the Middle Eastern music realm. So, you know, there's obviously conflicts between the Arab worlds and the Jewish worlds. And I, and I think about when Louis Armstrong and Dizzy Gillespie used to go on UN missions around 48 to 50, and they would go into war-torn areas of Africa and they would stop fighting. So I think about the fact that you have this very unique blend of both of those cultures that are a part of revisiting this project and, and kind of your mantra, so to speak. How powerful do you think music is and this project is and into bringing some more peace and maybe resolve to you know centuries old fractures that exist between the civilizations yeah so yeah thank you so much for bringing up those examples you know i i just can't tell you how many times you know when i've played when i you know i perform the music that I do, or I play excerpts from my grandfather and people are so surprised that this is Jewish music. And, um, I, I think it's so important for people to understand that these people were living together, that this was music was a shared culture, that Jews were so, so much a part of the, of the, the music being made in these um in these countries throughout the Middle East and North Africa and there was never a separation and um you know so when we think about the way that people are divided today that's just not that's not how it was i i really really want to highlight the way that um yeah that that these people were were living together and it's it's not at all a um it's not at all a surprise to hear music that 
isn't klezmer music, then you're going to hear music that sounds deeply, deeply Persian or deeply, deeply Arab, and that it's also deeply Jewish. And that, you know, there's, there's a moment when I, when I perform, um, when I perform this piece, there's, you know, there's a moment, um, where, uh, you know, you can, you can hear both. Uh, first of all, obviously you can hear, you can hear my, me singing in Hebrew and you can hear the, the modes that I'm singing are deeply, um, a Persian. But also, you know, my grandfather was beloved in Iran for, for singing Persian classical music. But this music that I'm performing is, um, from, from the, uh, Jewish, practice of that's called slichot which are these these prayers that that people would sing before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur to get you in the mode of reflection and they were often sung in Tehran outside every night in people's courtyards and so Jews and non-Jews would hear my grandfather when he would chant this music he, they would hear him singing these prayers throughout the streets. And there are stories of Muslims, you know, gathering around and saying, oh, that's Yunus Dardashti singing in Hebrew. And they thought it was beautiful. And they would, you know, listen outside. And and that was a beautiful thing. And that was not a problem. Uh, you know, so my grandfather was both really proud of his Persianness. And really proud of his, uh, you know, of his, of his Judaism. And, um, I really want to highlight with this project how that was not a conflict and, and just hope that, uh, hope that when people hear this music, that will maybe sort of, um, make an impression on them and, and remind them that we are not so different. So ultimately, people from all walks of life are going to have access to this music. What are you hoping that those that delve into this, no matter who you are, what do you hope they get from this project? I hope what they'll get from the project is the understanding of the similarity of of uh, music of this musical shared culture that it is both deeply Jewish and deeply Persian. And I'm, I'm hoping that people understand that we have always been very close and we have never had these distinctions that uh, people often try to impose today as if, you know, as if these distinctions between Jews and Muslims have always been there, that they never existed. So let me ask you this. We all have a pretty good idea because of the fame your grandfather had of who he is. But I'm curious with you, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, colleagues, but you ultimately are in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> Who do I think I am? Yeah. Well, I think I'm uh, a person that wears a lot of hats. So I am both, um, I'm an artist. I'm, uh, an anthropologist. I'm sometimes a cantor, um, sometimes a mother. I mean, I think we all are complex people and 
I'm excited to share all different realms of myself. And I do, you know, sometimes I'm a, sometimes I'm a teacher, sometimes I'm a performer. And I think we're all, uh, you know, I think we're all more, uh, uh, you know, we, I think I'm much more comfortable with sharing that I wear a lot of different hats. It used to be that when I was performing music, I didn't want to share that I was also a scholar. And when I was a scholar, I didn't want to share that I was also a performer. But I am very comfortable in my skin uh, and uh, now at this point in my career sharing that I do all of these things uh, at different times. And I'm very proud of that. And so I think that's who I am. I think I'm an artist that uh, that wears different hats and is deeply comfortable in all of them. So if anyone wants to pick up the album, learn more about any of your artistic endeavors, anything pertaining to your world in this project, where can they go? Oh, they can go to my website, galitdardashti.com or galit.com, G-A-L-E-E-T.com. And they can, yeah, they can, I hope that they'll check out the album and they can hear about all the other projects I'm up to. Elite, thank you so much for opening up about the project, giving us a little portal into your world. I appreciate your time today. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest singers and players in Iran, Israel, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Galit for her time, story, and graciousness. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Jazz.